on maynard.com.au. AU! I'm having a sexual adventure right now. Just think you could have got in for nothing. All you had to do was say, yes, I don't mind if I take money from the mouth of a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> Get ready for Bunga Bunga Live, Bunga. the festival of... Oh, is everything going? <laughs> the first ever Bunga Bunga here, the festival of dumb ideas. Bunga Bunga we've ever done live. Thanks for coming here. There will always be a Bunga Bunga. That's where the song, Will There Be a Bunga Bunga <laughs> Tomorrow. I brought along all the well-known sound effects. Too much. That's in there and I brought this one. This one. Boom. There you go. That's actually from Roger Ramjet 1966, yet it sounds oddly like Homer Simpson. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, so exciting to be here at the Harold Park Hotel for the very first time. Bunga Bunga, the podcast. Is there anybody here who hasn't heard the Bunga Bunga podcast? Wow, that's... Whenever Tim and I play that in the show, that's code for masturbation. Or Paul Livingston. We use it for both, actually. We do. So most people are here accidentally, and well done, you. You've come here expecting comedy, and you you may well be right. Of course, if anything goes wrong, we play this. And hopefully by the time that 20 seconds is over, it's fixed, or we play this. Bunga Bunga, the festival of dumb ideas. We're full of it, aren't we, Tim? We are totally full of it. Whatever it is, we've got it. And Simon Day, the lead singer of Ratcat, will be here. And Dane Heiser, who's over in the corner. Yes, we're going to ask him, why are you always in the corner, Dane? And I'd like to point out that Bunga Bunga, usually a third of the show is thrown away in editing. So you're going to see those exciting bits and you'll go, yeah, I can see why they do that. <laughs> Maybe they need to throw away half. Hands up if you have any questions or grave misgivings. Have you got any dumb ideas? It is the festival of dumb ideas. They wouldn't let us at the fucking opera house. We had to come here. Well, then, you have to think of some dumb ideas. You look like people that would have dumb ideas. We will call upon you later in the show. Just ask you if you have any, for example, doing a festival of good ideas at the opera house that just turned out to be left-wing claptrap. Wow! (laughs) Yeah, I think it would be a great idea if everybody sort of got together and held hands. Hey, what's the big idea? I think it would be a great idea if we sent more children to school. Well, thank you very much, you idiots. I've had enough of That's not a dangerous idea. Bunga Bunga News. It's nice hearing these because I put them in later so Tim never hears them. So half the time he doesn't know what's going on on Bunga Bunga. I've got no idea. What's news with you, Tim? I'm doing nothing but my next door neighbour will tell I'm pretty busy, but aren't I? You hear that repetitive bumping? Something's going on. It's usually the washing machine downstairs on Spin Cycle. I've been touring around with the Doug Anthony All-Stars. We went over to the UK. We went and uh, smashed Edinburgh to pieces. By that I mean we got Edinburgh and we smashed it to pieces. People were crying and screaming and complaining and walking out, which to the Doug Anthony All-Stars is a win every time. (laughs) What do you do? I just get Paul McDermott to say something horrible to them as they leave and we accuse them of some kind of crime. You know, makes everybody else who stays seated feel more comfortable. Then we went to London. We played the Shepherd's Bush Empire, which is where The Who used to play. Nobody walked out at all, which is what locked 
doors are all for. <laughs> then came back here. I've been explaining to people how to write narrative comedy. And yeah, does anyone know what Tim's favourite sitcom of all time is? The Golden Girls. <laughs> the Golden Girls, the impossible pitch for older women. Can you imagine going round a Channel 9 today and saying, I have a sitcom? And it's got four women in a group house. They would say, this is great. The female audience, fantastic. You'd say they were older and they'd say, that's fantastic too. They're out there tating on the Tinder. <laughs> well, not quite. They're all over 60. You'd be able to hear the beep, beep, beep as they reverse and the hounds are summoned. If you haven't seen the Golden Girls, that explains why you are miserable and lost. Because <laughs> it goes back to the days of Greek stuff, doesn't it? Back to the Greeks. I don't Not think the... I said that the right way. Before the Greeks, there was nothing of any note apart from the Mayans, and they were wrong. It's 2017. We're all alive. Jesus did some stand-up, didn't he? Jesus did a lot of the stand-up. They can never hear what he said. I think he's being a messiah. They should have known when they heard Jesus say, Am I right? Am I right? Uh, no. So you're saying it's one of the most tough comedy pitches ever, Golden Girls is more difficult even than Hogan's Heroes? Hogan's Heroes, you would think, would be difficult, but they were coming out of World War II. Everybody just wanted to mock Germany while they had their chance. Now we're not allowed to mock Germany because of Angela Merkel. We should move on to a bit of crank mail, Tim. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. <laughs> Hang on a minute, Tim. That sounds like there's a bit of urinating going on there. That's not urinating, Maynard. What is it? That is a certain senator of the Australian Parliament dribbling. <laughs> That's the sound of his dribbling. I won't give you any clues as to who he is, Christopher Pine, but he's a very loud <laughs> dribbler. When he dribbles, really comes out because he's from Adelaide and it's so dry and he overhydrates in Canberra. That sound of dribbling, you'll never forget it, will you? And when you meet him, you'll go, my God, Ferguson is right. My flatmate Dave had some crank mail for us. I might just take the mic out to you. Which... Well, thank you. I mean, that is an important matter. I've done some research on Irish potatoes and Peter Dutton's grandfather was an Irish potato. He has to be referred to the High Court. <laughs> Well, how would you handle that, Tim? The first thing is to send Peter Dutton, as in Peter Dutton to see here, or Peter I see Dutton. <laughs> I would send him to Manus Island just to think about it for a while. If it's that comfortable, send him to Manus and he can send us a postcard. Oh, no, he can't because the communication's been cut off. So that works as well. Yay! <laughs> we might be doing a Christmas bunga, the festival of bad Christmas ideas or a, a very bunga bunga Christmas. I will call again for dumb ideas. I thought someone must have had one. Well, you all came here tonight, and good on you. Give yourselves a round of whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, and look, I'm waving the little flag that I was going to use as I wheeled Tim on, but we figured out we couldn't wheel him on. This is something very special. I'll just take it out to an audience member now, sir. Would you like to tell me what's different about that Australian flag? You may have to touch it to tell me what's different about it. It's stiff and shit, yes. <laughs> Well put, sir. I found this at my mum's house. And it is an Australian flag made of cotton. Cotton. Stiff cotton, because it's old. And why is that special, Tim? Why is that special, Maynard? Because this was actually made in Australia. 
I think if you found an Australian flag that was made in Australia now, you'd be pretty surprised, wouldn't you? It'd be un-Australian to have an Australian Australian <laughs> flag. It was probably waited at the Queen. Probably 1952. Yay, Queen, my mum said. How about the Queen? She's dropped off some of her duties and given them to Prince Charles. Everybody's shocked and touched, but why wouldn't you? She's still in charge of getting the drugs for the weekend, but <laughs> yeah. she's got contacts. Queen has a million different charities she's got to work for. Why would you do it with all those charity needy people? It's good to have Prince Charles finally stepping up the lazy bastard. <laughs> so I try the air horn, Tim? We're going to do an air horn. I haven't pushed it before and it came from the $2 shop. How many times have you heard that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's mostly air. Really is not working. Just have to put it in there with the socks up and well, the it bulbs is just... later. I also went to the shop and got these. A yes button and a no button. Tim, would you like to try the yes button? Actually, I'd like to try the no button. No! Yes! I thought we should use these appropriately, Tim, because as you might have noticed, there's been a referendum going on lately. There and certainly has. It's gone on and on. Who didn't vote in the referendum yes. <laughs> because you couldn't decide? Look at that. It's about half of the people here tonight. <laughs> well, because this is recorded before they announce it, why don't we do an intro for each? Because tomorrow the answer comes out, but here we are in the pre-answer time. At this stage, I should say that my mother voted no because she felt she shouldn't have been asked. I said, Mum, that's not how it yeah. works. She said, well, no, I'm not going to tell them. Thanks, Mum. Did you mail it? No, of course not. So that's a win. Tomorrow we find out, but now at this recording we have no idea. So we will firstly act as if there was a yes answer, and we'll give you our response, and then we'll act as if there was a no answer. Action Central! With electronic news reports. News reports. Well, it looks like the votes are in on the referendum and the yes for same-sex marriage has come through. The first person when I think of same-sex marriage is Tim Ferguson. That's right. Same-sex marriage is what I'm all about. I don't like any variation at all. You stick to what you know. Why do you think the yes vote got through and what do you think will be the ramifications for the country now, Tim Ferguson? Because God is softening us up for the deluge. As we saw in Ireland, that had a positive yes vote for gay marriage in Ireland. And look what happened. They were lashed by mild weather that (laughs) smashed into the Irish coast. They had nearly a month of over 22 degrees and sunshine That was God sitting back saying, I told you so. But Australia is coming towards its summer months and I imagine there will be warm weather and some balmy weather and probably clear skies. So watch out for that one. But meantime, I think tomorrow we can expect some cold weather and it serves Australia right. (laughs) Now we should do the no vote. Well, the results are in and as we uh, didn't expect, it's a no vote to same-sex marriage. I know you're disappointed, but that's because you're all going to hell. Your chances, Australia, of going to heaven and being treated well by the good Lord, who is an Anglican God, not the Catholic one. The Catholic one's okay with sex. In fact, is okay with sex in the most inappropriate situations. But the Anglican God is very slightly grumpy with you. You will be going to hell if you voted yes. If it was a no vote, that's because most Australians are who I usually say they are, which is a pack of uptight 
backwards, slack-jawed, please put a squeegee in my mouth and choke me nongs. You're basically pretty stupid. Now as you get on stage, our first interview subject of the night, please make welcome all the way from the front desk, Dane Heiser. Hey! Tell us who you are and what you do and why you do it. I'm running comedy here at Harold Park. I do run the room. We run it on the last Tuesday of every month. I took a delay because I had to hide the cash. You don't want people to take the 60 bucks to go on the door. <laughs> what are the pressures of running a monthly comedy evening? You get all the egos coming in, Tim all Ferguson, the what aren't the pressures? Running comedy isn't easy, but I do it because, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than putting on a night and having less people than you expect show up. It makes the people who actually turn up even more special to you. So, round of applause to you guys. Well done. Yay! Thank you. What's the stuff that people won't leave their house for? The stuff that they don't trust. They don't have anything that proves to you guys that they're worth coming for. So the riskiest ones I normally have are the ones that aren't really known that are good and are really solid, but they're not known. So you guys aren't going to trust enough to leave your houses on a Tuesday night and come here for it. What are some examples of these new shining stars? Alex Jay and Paige Halley. Jared McGowan is also really good coming up through the ranks. Cole Legacy is a weapon and not to be trusted, but he's a good comic. Who has got the most walkouts? Normally walking out on my own shows. <laughs> But I'll give you a walkout story. Tony Martin we had here at The Last Stand about a month ago. He did a bit, a 10-minute bit on gay marriage. And it was a very funny link and a very good story. And it killed here at Harold Park. Then he went to Wollongong the following night. He was about to go on and open mic was on in the first half and just mentioned gay marriage. Couples stood out, walked straight out and demanded a refund. Tony was standing back there going, oh, shit, I've got 10 minutes on that stuff. What am I going to do? So he did the 10 minutes. He said he got about six minutes in, but not well enough and not as well as it went here, so he bailed on it. You never know. You could hear the nerves. Some topics people just don't like. Tony's like a very to... funny comedian, but really the Doug Anthony All-Stars would like it if people were getting up and leaving because we'd mentioned gay marriage. We would insist upon kissing whichever male was one of those two people. Poor Tony was by himself, whereas, you know, I have a Paul McDermott, I can, and I'm happy to use it. Thank Dane Heiser, comedy Thank legend. Make sure you get down to the Harold Park. It's uh, first Tuesday of every month. You'll be able to come and see all the great comedians. Often we have on the show a sound effect request where I go to the Maynard International Studios Library and dig up everything from recorded history, which is in there. It's all on dat tape. I can't play any of them, but I can look at them. It's all there. Tim, what would you like me to make a sound of now that the audience won't hear, but they will when they listen to this, won't you? That's three listeners. I would like you to make that sound, that one that we promised each other you wouldn't play. Let's have a listen. I think that goes a bit too far, Tim. It's too far. You know what it is. It's the way it ends, really. It's a bit troublesome, isn't it? One more sound just to soften people up after the angriness. Isn't that lovely? And what was the sound you told me you never wanted to hear again? This is just the pits, as far as I'm concerned. See, this is what goes on at the <laughs> Madame Frufu. That's why we only throw away a third of the show. And now, the moment you've been waiting for... We put Tim into the Tim machine. We put Tim into a place in history and ask him that pivotal question... What would you have done, smartass? The rule is I don't know anything about it, which works very well. Firstly, I don't have to prepare anything. Secondly, I don't have to prepare anything. 
The time is present day. The place, Canberra. You are the Prime Minister. It seems like you are in even more trouble than the Whitlam government during its peak time of things not going so well. What do you do? Well, normally if I was a leader, a leader who is desperate, I'd start a war with someone. But uh, we've seen that Donald Trump has not applied that very simple rule of leadership. By now, Donald Trump should have started a war with someone. So you're going to have to think a bit left field. So I think we have to start love with someone. Australians are so anti the people who are supposed to govern us. I think we need love. Yeah. And here they come. Here is the member for this, the minister for that. And if they come in and there's a bit of porn music or something, all of a sudden Australians are engaged. They're watching. They don't want this Prime Minister to leave because every time he starts talking, we hear this sexy music. Am I right or am I right? Got a Tim's hypoth- hypothetical for him. Anybody? Yes, sir. It's 1901. Oh, no. You're writing the Australian Constitution. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to this bit about foreign citizenship. What's your thinking? My thinking is to make it harder, to go in hard, so that not only should they be not foreign, including Britain, which, of course, is hilarious, that Jackie Lambie had to leave the parliament because she's half British. Times have changed, but I would make it that you can't actually be Australian. We've got them getting into Parliament as difficult as we can. Are you foreign? No. Are you Australian? No. Get out! (laughs) Because I know you have had a go at writing bits of the Australian Constitution, haven't you, Tim? I have. I wrote a constitutional preamble back when people were talking about it the first time. It actually got appropriated all over the world. People were coming up and saying... Yeah, I've read this amazing preamble to the South African Constitution. It's hilarious. And they were my gags with occasionally the word South Africa put into it. (laughs) It's time to take a short 15-minute break. We'll be back with Well Bunga Me, a new quiz segment where we ask you questions about us and if you get the answers wrong, no one cares. Call for more dumb ideas. We interview Simon Day and we find out what's in... I went all South African there. We find out what's in Maynard's bug out bag in 15... 15 minutes. See you then. And for God's sake, put something on. On Maynard.com.au. AU. Brighton and Hume. Everything digital.